Um, have you ever seen the movie um, or are familiar with the book series um, OSS One Seventeen? Uh, I believe I believe I'm familiar with the movie. Okay. Uh, this was a French uh, James Bondy correct type, and I, I don't know if it was a parody or a pastiche, or if it was just a general spy movie with some comedic highlights. It predates Ian Fleming's work by oh. about four years. Okay. Uh, let's see. Jean Bruce is the author's name, and I think he did. 88 different books about this OSS 117. Um, And then his daughter picked it up and wrote another hundred and some odd books about it. Good gravy. um, And they did make some movies in the, um, I believe, the 50s and 60s. But it was a serious kind of thing. And then it was revived with taking it the same character, Mm -hmm. Hubert... Bonus, I don't know. I don't know how to speak French. Uh, Hubert Bonsieur Labath is the agent's name, but they did a take where it was about the humor instead of just about the you know being being a spy. So that's where you you said the French version, right. and it was about two thousand six. That seems they, right. Yeah. Yep, and they've got two movies and one which is coming out uh, later this year in French. Uh, the first one was OSS-117 Cairo. The second one was Lost in Rio. And the third one, From Africa with Love. With Love. Is yeah. there any better way to be from Africa than with love? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of interested in the way they handle the um, womanizing nature of Bond kind of thing. Well, you know. and I think there's a huge difference. And this is where... Sp- <sighs> I don't want to say national character or national personality necessarily because I don't like painting with too broad a brush. But this is where I sort of gravitate now here in my later years, mm-hmm. uh, although I'm still a huge you know, fan of the James Bond property per se, I, I find a lot of, uh, a lot of more compelling tales uh, and characters in stuff like John le Carré. Okay. Right, Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy. Right, uh, or you know that uh, I think there was a BBC miniseries called The Game that came out a couple of couple of years ago, uh, where you know spy work is largely you know done in offices, right, and, right. and by asking innocuous questions and doing a lot of paperwork, right, you know, and and there's some element I know in terms of glamorizing it for the era. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, a lot of that stuff is period work from the 50s, 60s and 70s when you didn't have, you know, you know, a, a laser watch or an invisible car. Uh, not that we have those things today. today. I totally have a laser watch. Oh, wow. It's actually a laser swatch. Oh, <laughs> of course. It, it overheats is. all the time. It melts. It you got to replace it. You got to replace yeah. that neon rubber banding. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But anyway, no, I, I find I like those because I think they focus more on sort of, well, A, they definitely hew more close to realism mm-hmm. in terms of what it means to be a, an intelligence officer or a counterintelligence officer. Right. But I also think um, they, they get to the core of kind of what my fascination with spies is, which is largely seeing things you're not supposed to see and knowing things you're not supposed to know mm-hmm. and getting away with it. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I find a lot of the more lower tech adventures, um, you know, that don't focus on helicopter chases and explosions and things like that to me are more compelling in the same way that a mystery novel is, is more compelling than an adventure novel. Okay. Um, and Let's, I don't know that there's a good way to gamify necessarily that yeah, type of spying was, in a video game. Now, right. I've played a lot of board games that have done a really good job of, of giving you that sort of ser- more cerebral internal experience. Right. But, yeah, I don't know that there's a good way to do that via a video game. Yeah. Hold that thought because I've got – um, yeah, because I'm thinking the balance that IO Interactive needs to strike here is going to be probably tricky. But let's talk about that later. Okay. Um. And one other interesting thing about this agent, Hubert Bonsieur. Le Bath. Le Bath. Yeah, that's actually in the movie. You mm-hmm. just hear Le Bath all the time. So it's like, I know that dude. He's a guy on the screen. Um, <laughs> he, his character is an American colonel from Louisiana of French descent. Wow. So, so French book. Right. French author. Right. 
hero is an American yep. military officer mm-hmm. of French descent from Louisiana. Yep. Okay. So no, I just think I think it's a really interesting choice to make. You know, you know, for the French author, right? You would right. you would think, okay, you know, I I don't know if it speaks to you said this was written before Doctor No, right? Uh, so it's I'm, just four years. I mean, the you know, but the, when the we're, we're talking when the fifties, maybe yeah. or okay, yeah. right? Yeah. So I just think it's a really interesting choice to make because yeah. one would assume that you know, if you're the author of of, of a national secret agent hero, mm-hmm. right, um, that the the instinct would be to make them French, right? right. So I just think that I, I don't know if there was any underlying motivation behind making him an American military officer of French descent there, and kind of backing into that sort of nationality aspect. Yeah. Or, I haven't, I haven't read the books, so or seen any of the, have they been the original movies. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they. I don't know if they have or seek not. One of those out, actually. Yeah. Let me just make a note uh, here. Jean. John Bruce. John. Jean or John? Jean. Jean. J. Jean. Jean. The French John. Yes. John Bruce. B R U C E? Correct. Like the shark in Jaws. Got it. Jaws is the shark's name? Yeah, they called him Bruce. Oh. Well, the machine they called Bruce. Ah. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but no, I'll definitely try and track down one of these one of these books because I'd, I'd, I mean, I'd love to see what they're all about, especially if, you, as you say, they're written more straight. This is all. This is all research. I haven't read them myself, so I can't give you a, an idea as to what I think about it or not. Yeah. I, I do enjoy the um, the French um, parody movies, uh-huh. and, and I enjoy them because they they're very subtle in their humor. And I don't know if that's a function of it being um, a French sense of humor, or if that's a function of just the way that they design them. The jokes are very subtle. Mm. Um, really funny. A lot of the the sequences. There's there's um there's a sequence with four secret agent guys who are posing as you know like, like other things, right? And they're trying to impress the other one with their knowledge and their their quips and all that. And then there's one who's who's posing, or maybe he's not posing as a chicken farmer, who's just kind of like. Uh, yeah. Um, do you guys want a drink? You want you want me to go get some drinks for you? You know, just the whole. <laughs> it, it's Got just it. like little subtle right. jokes like that that just make the movie really enjoyable. And I hope um, from Africa with love does the same thing because it's mm-hmm. it was just such. So you'd recommend both of the recent? Uh, oh recent yeah, yeah. OSS I don't think there. I don't think they're available on on Netflix anymore, but they used to be. But keep an eye out for them if they ever probably around the release of the the new movie the new they might film. go up. Yeah, mm-hmm. or the new Bond film, both. Right. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've learned something. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad. I mean, as a participant in the podcast, I feel like I've learned something. Yeah. And if I'm learning something, then I can only imagine what our dozens of listeners are thinking right now right. and how much they've they've learned just dozens. in this short time. I think dozens is giving us a little too much credit. It's a handful. Uh, either a handful or yeah, couple of digits. Couple of couple. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say a couple of couple of dudes. Yeah. But yeah. And and an ant. And an, oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, that was going to be the name of the podcast originally. Two dudes and an ant. Two dudes and That's, an ant. Uh, yeah. Aunt. Aunt. Aunt Nora. So God bless her. Let's recap on our our favorite bonds really quick. Mm, yes. um, my bond order is from favorite to least favorite. My favorite is Timothy Dalton. Right. Daniel Craig. Right. Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Then George Lazenby. Mm-hmm. Roger Moore, and then finally. Pierce Brosnan, mm-hmm. excellent actor. I right. just didn't like his portrayal of Bond. Right, he was a little too—I don't know—a little too. Yeah, he was kind of smug and showy, and, and just not what I thought of. But in coming off the heels of a darker Bond, which I really kind of liked. I will. I will posit this because I believe I went on record last episode of saying that I, I thoroughly enjoyed Pierce Brosnan, right, as Bond. But I will posit this: I think old Pierce Brosnan would make a better Bond than young Pierce Brosnan. I'm yeah. saying if you took Pierce Brosnan right now uh-huh. with his luxurious silver mane and distinguished gray beard and cast him in the role of an older, over-the-hill James Bond a la Sean Connery and Never Say Never Again, yeah. Yeah. I think he would absolutely nail that. Huh. 
Maybe we should start a massive letter writing campaign for them to do Never Say Never Again Again. (laughs) That could work. Never Say Never Again, and this time, damn it, we We mean mean it. it. Yeah. 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 Fine, but this is the last time you get to say never starting now. (laughs) Right. Again. Again. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, and, and I, I remember that movie, which was a remake, mm-hmm. uh, Never Say Never Again, of right. Thunderball. Thunderball. Yep. One of the things that was interesting, well, for me, that by, I liked. By the way, sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt your point, but I'm going to interrupt your point. At this point in the podcast, you should make room for a clip of that uh, Johnny Cash Thunderball. I don't know if I can do that, though. Why not? Um, because they're rights rights as far as well you're not selling the podcast no i'm not but but i mean but is the algorithm detects that whenever i put it up yeah so it 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 scans for that sort of thing we were going to talk about our favorite theme songs Mm -hmm. thunderball Mm -hmm. is one of my is my favorite bond movie Mm -hmm. um i still don't get even with the water um so long i know it takes forever yeah but but I mean there are it, boat voyages that are over faster than that fight scene in Thunderball at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, but anyway, the 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 theme song for Thunderball is my favorite Bond theme song by Tom Jones. But there was a submission made by Johnny Cash for his version of Thunderball, which basically I think follows the the story a little more closely than the one that they actually used from Tom Jones, which to me just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Strike like Thunderball. I right. don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? I, I don't, but it sounds painful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I do think the Johnny Cash version does tell the story, right? Because yeah. it makes the allusion to Thunderball being a, a massive weapon. Right, and right. And nations seeking to use it for their own evil purposes. Yeah, yeah. but he does it in a very... It's, it's allegorical, yeah. right? The way, yeah. he, the way he frames it, he could just as easily, in the song, be talking about a Native American spirit. Right, Or, right. you know, a relic of some great, you know, ancestry. Right. The James Bond people, eventually, they came to the conclusion it sounded too Western, but... Which it does. To be fair, it sounds very Western. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he could be singing it from on top of a horse. At the time it was released, it wasn't that kind of the height of Johnny Cash's sort of like the 60s, like the middle 60s. Wasn't he pretty popular or did that not come until later? I d- you know, honestly, I don't know. No. I don't know. Because to me, it's like if you're trying to get popular songs or popular artists in there, that that's what... True, but you know, I also think Johnny Cash is probably not the was was probably not the kind of guy who would go out and write a theme song for a movie because somebody told him to. Right? No, no, no. He he did it because he was a fan. Right. Right. So interesting. So so that's your but, top Bond theme is is Thunderball, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, I also just to quickly loop back to the Thunderball thing, which I was going to say about Never Say Never Again, right? Which was my favorite part of that remake was the um, Atari designed mm. the special yeah. video game that he played against the evil villain yep. instead of yep. doing whatever they the Baccarat. Pass me the shoe. Right. Mm. Uh, interesting side note about Baccarat. Uh, I spent an evening in Vegas uh, learning how to play Baccarat. Um, A buddy of mine and I went and and the rest of our group decided they were going to go off and do fun things. Uh, (laughs) We decided, no, let's make good use of our time and figure out how they play this Baccarat game. Right. Uh, It is terrible. I hear it's just... It is literally a terrible card game and there's not much game to it. Right. I hear Um, it's just basically a game of chance. So the fact that they used it... Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about about blackjack and all the strategy and decision-making you have in blackjack, which isn't a whole lot. Right. Let's be honest. Sorry, blackjack fans. Real talk. Uh, Baccarat is basically, you might as well be sitting at the table flipping a coin and betting on the outcome. Huh. Yeah. Well, that and that that kind of makes sense that that it, so that we never say never again. The scene with the video game that they play, mm-hmm. where it's like a game of skill, right? It's not so much, and it's something that James Bond has to pick up pretty quickly, right? That kind of shows how flexible he is as a character, which would have been a better kind of thing to use 
but right. maybe that was a thing to just show how he'd how he'd aged well, and how it wisdom he gained or whatever. I think I no, I think that's true. I think also it was the early eighties. Uh-huh. Video games were all the rage. Right. Um and I also think to some degree, you know, Baccarat it, here's my here's my take on Baccarat, first of all. Okay. Okay. I've already said how it's not much of a game. Right. right. But I also think people tend to play it as a status symbol. Right. Like, right. let's go Let's go to the Baccarat table because that's where all the real people who can really afford to piss their money away go to. Right. 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 Um, and I don't think that was necessary with Never Say Never Again. Right. When you were learning Baccarat, did you get your uh, shaken, not stirred? Did you get any of that stuff? Did you... I did. The th- Seriously? I did. No, yeah. we. that was the first thing we did was we ordered two martinis shaken, not stirred. And that's the night I learned I don't like martinis. Mm. Um, but yes, we did. We did order one. Uh, my buddy had several. Mm. Um, You're and like, uh, this is garbage. Give me a gimlet. I was. <laughs> <laughs> or a Rob Roy I or was, something. I, don't I, know. I switched very <laughs> quickly off the martinis after the first one yeah. um, because everybody kept telling me, oh, no, you you, you, you didn't get the right kind of martini. No, I'm like, wait a minute. What what kind of martini? Oh, you should get a dirty martini. Oh, you should get a dry martini. Oh, you should get the olive in the mark. Oh, you should get an onion slice in it. I'm like, none of these things you're telling me sound like they're going to make a martini taste any better than the rubbing alcohol I just poured down my throat. <laughs> And, uh, I'll I'll stick with my Zima. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. I'll, I'll have another helping of that dollar fifty shrimp cocktail. That's probably going to land me in the John in about an hour. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway. Well, so back to we were talking about theme songs. Oh, you know what? We didn't even go over your uh, your top. We went over. We the did last that. Time. We did that last episode. Nobody yeah. needs to hear that garbage I just, list again. Yeah, and I just wanted to make sure that I was no. And I've written down your list it. in my too vague notebook. Excellent. So uh, our show archivist Francine will have uh, will have that on record. Oh, we changed archivists recently. Did we? Yeah. Oh, Brutus. Oh, Brutus. Yeah. I'm just writing down Brutus's name. A two. Yeah. Yeah. A two. That's the only reason I said it was Brutus. So um, let's go to favorite theme song. Do you have a favorite, favorite. James Bond theme song? A very important part of any James Bond movie, opening sequence Absolutely. theme song. Absolutely. Um, you know, my favorite, I don't know if I have one favorite. I've got two or three that I'd throw up there at any given point could potentially be my favorite. Okay. Uh, first off is Goldfinger. Right. Shirley Bassey. Yeah. Amazing. Just yeah. an amazing song. Amazing orchestral rendition. Right. Um, I also like Tina Turner's Golden Eye. Oh, yeah. Uh, which yeah, I good think one. was written by Bono, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I think you're right. Um, I think that's a very good Bond song and a good uh-huh. Tina Turner song, frankly. Right. And then, you know, I I know it was widely loathed by the majority of the general population, but I really liked uh, Another Way to Die, the the Jack White, Alicia Keys oh, yeah. theme yeah, song. Yeah, I, I like that one, too. Yeah. 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 Um, my, other, my other songs that I like... I, I only like them because I'm an 80s music fan. I mean, listen, so, listen, I, I see where you're going down this road. And yeah. I want to say right now, before another word comes out of your mouth, I am 100% down for A View to a Kill. Okay. Okay. It is then, a great song. Okay. And then also Living Daylights by Aha is also a good one. That I'm not going to follow you down that road. All right. Whatever. But I think where A View to a Kill succeeds is that it manages to make Duran. Uh, it sounds like a Duran Duran song. Right. And it sounds like a James Bond song. Yeah. And that's a yeah. tough thing to do, right? That's you true. need those orchestral stings in there to make it sound a bit Bondy. Yeah. And I think it works perfectly in view to a kill. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think about it. And and Living Daylights was more just an aha song. My very first concert, Duran Duran. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put View to a Kill back on my list as well, in oh. addition to the three that I just mentioned. I think that was a terrible oversight on my part. Well, I forgive you. Okay. Well, Let's hope Duran Duran feels the same way. Yeah, yeah. the Lebans. <laughs> you know what? Another thing that reminded me of uh, spies. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Simpsons episodes. You only move twice. Have you ever seen that episode? I, you know, honestly, I haven't watched the Simpsons oh in gosh. forever. Oh, geez, what's the guy's name? Homer. No, no, no. Bart. I'm thinking of the guy who voiced um, the character Hank Scorpio. This corporation comes 
to um, Springfield and is recruiting. It's this very James Bond organization and Hank Scorpio is this really nice guy to, to Homer and the family and just really upbeat. It turns out he's an evil killer villain kind of thing. You know, they move. It's, it's a great episode. You should definitely check it out if you like James Bond because you'll love you only move twice. You only move twice. Yeah, I think it was a third, fourth season episode. Okay. The guy, do you remember the movie Defending Your Life? Oh yeah, Albert Brooks. Middle Albert Street. Brooks. Yeah. That's who does the the voice of Hank Scorpio. Oh okay. I remember him as uh, as the EPA guy in the Simpsons movie. Oh yeah yeah. Um, because he had one of my all time favorite lines, which is, "Have you ever tried going mad without power? It's boring and no one listens to you." Right. Yeah. <laughs> You'll definitely have to check out okay. You Only Move Twice because okay. it is a classic in my book. And it ends up with Homer getting gifted the Denver Broncos. Oh, that's right. And he wanted the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you, you do remember. I remember that line in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh. So anyway. Um, okay. Well, let's switch. Let's switch gears. Let's- I'm going to press down the clutch of insight and shift into the gear of topicality. Wow. You, as usual, Chris, you have crystallized my thoughts <laughs> eloquently. Well, I just know that we've got a lot of truckers out there listening to Too Vague, and so I want to make sure that they know that we're listening to them. You know, they appreciated me using Citizen Band Radio, even if you didn't. I. <laughs> so, just saying. So, anyway, let's move on to IO Interactive. Project I-O. Yeah, Project 007. Mm. Mm-hmm. Already been working on it. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen any any game footage yet or anything. But if it's anything like the Hitman franchise, which I know that you thoroughly enjoy, I do. Um, I do. It's going to be something that really fits into into that kind of right game. in their wheelhouse. Yeah, right exactly. in their wheelhouse. Now, my my only concern with it being right in their wheelhouse is that it's not a clone. Right, it's not a clone of the Hitman series. Mm-hmm. That it's its own. That it stays true to James Bond and spy activities and things like that. Not just going out and you know eliminating people. Well, I think here's the thing. Right, you ready for the thing? Let's. I'm ready. I'm prepared mentally and physically. Here is the thing. Okay. The genius of of Hitman, and I'm talking about the most recent World of World of Assassination trilogy. Okay. Right, that IO Interactive has done. Hitman right. One, Two, and Three. The genius of that is that it's basically each game in each level is is an ant farm. Uh huh. That sort of invites you to shake it up, right? And then, you know, dig your own little tunnels in the ant farm and squish this ant over here and see what all the other ants do in response. Okay. Um, And I think with a James Bond game, uh, the trick is going to be keeping that level of freedom Mm -hmm. while still managing to direct the player towards the narrative goal. Right. Right. Hitman, it's easy because your narrative goal is kill this person, kill that person by any means necessary. And I think with James Bond, what I would like to see is an expansion of that core mission. Right. And how you do that while still keeping the fun of that sort of sandboxy ant farm feel is going to be really interesting to me to see how they how they thread that particular needle. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that, that, there are a lot of things that can translate pretty well as far as sneaking kind of thing clandestine sure. uh, sort of you know oh, activities yeah. like you've got to bug things and you've got to you know like you know, oh let me be clear they could right now tomorrow slap a james bond skin into hitman 3 right and tell me that this is a james bond game right and have all the levels be exactly as they are today and i would believe them 100 percent. yeah like that, I mean, that's that's how close, that's how much I think the existing mechanics of the Hitman model would support a James Bond game. Yeah, I, I would be disappointed if they did Oh, that. I would too. I would too. What okay. I'm saying though is I think the foundation in terms of systems like stealth right. and disguises right. and being noticed and switching inventory on the fly. All those things are... are they're are, already there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of, a lot of really cool things in their toolbox that they can use exactly. as far as disguises and 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 things like that to you know like they could probably reuse some some things i don't necessarily mean assets but kind of like 
Systems. Systems, yeah. right. What they don't have that I'm curious to see if and how they implement, right, are things like vehicles. Right. Right. Oh, You're yeah. going to have to have oh, some yeah. whip-ass vehicles. Right. Uh, chase sequences that aren't just a result of the AI twigging to you suddenly not being hidden or disguised. Right. Right. Um, smarter AI in some situations. Right. right? They're going to need that. They're going to need a wider variety. A wider variety, I think, of things that your inventory can do. Mm-hmm. Right. Some very situation specific tools yeah. that aren't just going to like in Hitman. One of the, one of the only things I don't like about the current Hitman iteration is that there's not a lot of variety when it comes to the items, regardless of how many versions of a lockpick you unlock. They all work the same way and they all right. do the same thing. Right. Uh, which is to basically ungate this door that's been gated from the player, right? right? So what I'm hoping for in Bond is a little more specificity in terms of the kind of doors and the kind of tools you can use to interact with those systems that mm-hmm. are in place. And and we're not talking about like uh, Q branch kind of crazy inventions either. Right. Like we're talking about normal, yeah, normal diversity of tools. I think I do want to see some of that, but I don't want that to be the focus. I want to see some. He's not a thief, right? He's a spy, right? Yeah. Although I wouldn't be, you know, I, if they give me a laser watch, am I going to complain? No, no. You know, if they give me an invisible car, am I going to complain? No. Oh, that was like the worst. The it invisible car thing it was so bad. Which movie was that? Was that Goldeneye? That was Die Another Day. Die Another Day. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm soured on. Pierce Brosnan. But then they follow, well, no, actually before that was, I think World is Not, no, Tomorrow Never Dies is the one where he stood, he steered the BMW from the backseat using the Game Boy DS. <laughs> no, it was his cell phone. It was his Ericsson cell phone. That's nice. what it was. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I have I have high hopes for IO Interactive and Project 007. I think they know what their core skill set is. Right. I think they've got a good foundation in place where they don't have to invent an entirely new engine to do a bunch of this stuff. Right. Hopefully they don't. Um, at the same time, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I want to see them stretch themselves because I think they've got a great eye for design, for mm-hmm. level design. Right. Um, and I would hate to see just a Bond coat of paint slapped on right. Hitman 3. Yeah, I, think, would be... I think they're better than that. I right. really do. Oh, yeah. And I think that based on how secretive they're being, about yeah. it, I, I I am I am hopeful that it's going to be I would something amazing. I would not be shocked if we didn't see anything about this game until launch was imminent. Like I even a screenshot. I, I would. I think they're smart enough. I think their travails with what was it Square Enix mm-hmm. that bought them and then they finally bought their own company back. Um, I think that gave them. Uh, uh, I'm rooting for them. Let's put it yeah. that way. I'm really rooting for them on this one. So do you have any specific wish list items that you want to address other than what you already have? or uh, In general or yeah. for the Bond game? For the Bond game. Oh. Um, <laughs> in I general. Use, I mean, uh, I could use a little more hair. Yeah. Um, some money would be some nice. Some money would be nice. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know, I think I've pretty much covered. I just want it to be fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I want to, I don't need it to be as replayable as the Hitman series. Right. Um, I don't want it to devolve into another desultory third person action adventure shooter either. Um, I think they've got a real opportunity here to make something as compelling as Hitman. And I'm just, like I said, I'm really curious to see what that balance will be between right. the sandbox gameplay and the more traditional Bond gameplay that people were expecting. Because there's a lot of people that don't like their take on Hitman. See, and that's the thing that's interesting about your thoughts on sandbox games in general and this particular sandbox game mm-hmm. is I think the thing that's missing in most sandbox games is a narrative. Is that correct? Is uh, that's, that what... that's exactly why I hate most sandbox games. Okay, okay. So as long as there's a narrative, a path to follow you do like some freedom and some creativity in, in doing what you have to do to get the thing done or figuring yeah. it out. Yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that they just drop you into a level and say, go. Right. right. You know what I mean? Here's your guy. Take you figure guy. out how to do it, yeah. you know, and you wander around and you figure out, okay, where are all the moving parts in this level? What happens when, what yeah. does pushing this button do over here? What does talking to this person do over here? Yeah. Um, and I like that process of figuring it out. Right. right? Um, right. In fact, that's sort of, you know, getting back to what makes a spy a spy, going back to seeing things I shouldn't see, mm-hmm. you know, and knowing things I shouldn't know and sort of just observing. 
And I think a large part of the Hitman gameplay that I like is just the observing the little systems, right? right? Not just, right. I'm not just talking about things like guard patrols. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about things like, oh, if I get rid of this waiter over here, this person never gets his drinks. So he gets up and goes to the bathroom because his drink's not there. After he goes to the bathroom, he leaves his key card in his chair. And so suddenly getting rid of the waiter has gotten me a key card, right? right. But I don't know that if I don't watch all of these interactions happen. Right. And right. that's the that's the part where I think the Hitman games just sing. It's like, oh, all of these things are just kind of constantly running like clockwork and it's my job to figure out where to stick the monkey wrench in. Mm-hmm. But they don't but they don't um, they don't try and over uh, complicate that affecting the narrative, the overall. And that's a great because, point. Yeah. That's a great and, point. And I think that's what makes it great also is it doesn't try, it doesn't get convoluted in all this. Oh, well, if you do it this way, then you're going to have this narrative. And if you do it that way, you pick up some things right. that are sort of part of, that give you more background on some of the characters right. or things like that. But right. other than that, it doesn't impact the main story. You have a mission, you do this thing, and this is your outcome. And then it goes on and to the next part of the story. And then it's gone to the next mission. And yeah, there's a plot, right, involving Agent 47 and a, right. an agency far, far more secret than the CIA. Um, but largely what you do in the mission has zero impact on any of that plot line. Right. 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 Your goal as a player is just to eliminate the targets. Right. Um, and I think that I think that's a that's that's a trap, right? Is it that is. you can you can make this, you know, some people want a thousand different storylines or, or a different endings based on your, based on whatever you do. Uh-huh. But I think they don't quite understand what they're asking for. Um, what they're asking for entirely. is storylines that are crappy along with maybe one or two good ones. Right. It's if you've got 15 right. different storylines that you can play, right. There are going to be some that are going to be garbage. Well, here's the thing you, so, so, a good story has to have an ending. Right. Right. And a cohesive story has to make you believe in the ending. Right. And if you try to leave yourself wiggle room for 19 possible endings based on all this, right, then logically you have to make the center of your story mean nothing or you have to be willing to gate off huge parts of the work you've done for that story that people will never, ever see. Right. Unless they replay it a different way. Right. And that's okay. Right. But – You've got to be aware that that's the trade-off you're making if you still want to deliver a solid story in the end. I don't need 19 different story endings just so that my character ends up wearing one hat instead of another at the end of the game. Um, But I think the most important thing is if you're going to tell a story, regardless of the number of them, make it a good one. Right. And I I think that's difficult to do if you're trying to build in room for player agency. Right. And I think that's part of the problem that I had with Disco Elysium which we may or may not have talked about on a prior We talked episode. about that. Yeah. yeah. I, just in terms of making sure that the end story is a satisfying, you know, you want to put a bow on your on your narrative. Right, right. right. And I get that not every ending has to be tidy, right? Because right. that's not how real life is. But you also don't want the player at the end thinking, oh, well, I guess that's a thing that happened. Right. Kind of along the same Disco Elysium lines with my difficulty with, with getting into that game is not being able to identify with the character. Now, mm-hmm. in Hitman, his virtues aren't the best, <laughs> right? But he's trying to find a way out. He's trying to find a way to get happiness or or something. He's, he's looking for, if I may be revenge, so bold, but I mean, a quantum of solace. Oh, wow. See Maybe what I did there? Yeah. You see, see what I did there? Yeah. 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 right in front of you never saw it coming I, I think a lot of people don't like that movie I don't know why because I, I did enjoy it more than Casino it's okay Royale. but I think it doesn't work outside of the context of Casino Royale Yeah, like I would never say to somebody oh you want to watch a Daniel Craig movie let's throw on QOS right without making sure that they had Casino Royale fresh in their memory right which by the way yeah I think more movies should take that approach instead of trying to plot themselves out as a trilogy. I think they oh, yeah, should look yeah. for duologies instead. Right, right. Like multiple, like, you know, they're, they're all leading different things leading to the same conclusion. You mean like maybe Marvel stuff? I mean, yeah, if you gave, they do it pretty well. If and- you told me, listen, we're going to have James Bond movies and each one is going to be basically a two-part movie. Uh-huh. 
I'd be down for that. For yeah, you know. Now that said, there's never been a James Bond that didn't need a half an hour cut from it. But I think if you go into it expecting, oh, I'm going to get one, you know, two meaty stories that form a cohesive, you know, overall plot. Right. I'd, I'd sign up for that in a heartbeat. Well, I think that the Daniel Craig Bonds kind of did that with their sort of semi reboot of their of, of the Bond series. Right. That's yeah. pretty much what they did was they established this sort of timeline that's that's a little bit like the books, but not quite. But it's like it's sort own. Of, it kind of stands on its own. Sort of, yeah. No, I think I think Skyfall definitely stands. Oh on yeah, its own. yeah. I think, yeah. I think Skyfall is a James Bond movie for people who love James Bond movies. Right. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Probably no accident that it was. I think it was the fiftieth anniversary of Bond, wasn't it, when that movie came out? I believe. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. I believe you're right. Um, anyway, IOI. Best yes. of luck on Project 007. I know I will probably buy it sight unseen unless it's some VR bullshit. I've got I've got a whole huge list. <laughs> I'm sorry, of, of of things, wish list items that we can discuss Hit me. really Hit quick. Me. No, we don't um, even have to be really quick about it. Okay. Let's get into it. Let's put on the gloves of wish list excavation and get our teeth dirty. <laughs> Where do you come up with this stuff, I, uh, man? It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. I wish I had that kind of brain that worked that, that so well. Like, well, uh, Careful what you wish for. <laughs> these parts work at the expense of others my yeah, friends okay. so. all right um so i've got a list my list starts yes. with chase sequences exclamation point 100 um ski snowmobile um other uh plane jet pack do you want to see a jet pack in the game i don't need a jet pack okay and here's why jet packs are dumb <laughs> I listen. I was a kid like everybody else. Right. Jetpacks are dumb. Okay. There's, there's. Mm. A, listen. Either you're gonna fly or you're not. Right. Don't half-ass it with a jetpack. Right. It's right. the worst of all worlds. The closest we're ever gonna get to jetpacks is gonna be the stuff that those astronauts use to move around in space, which they need. Right. Right. Mm. I don't want a jetpack. I love your ski slash snowmobile idea. In okay. fact, to me, ideally. That's all one giant chase sequence where the skiing morphs into the snowmobile. Oh, yeah, yeah. A la, what was it? For your eyes only. Right. Right. You go from one thing to the other exactly. and back to the other. Not and... like a transformer. Right. But just like environmentally, you're on oh, skis man. being chased and then, oh, let's hop on this snowmobile. Oh, wasn't there a thing where he used like a sign or something? It wasn't a sign. It was something where they used, oh, the cello. I, I'm thinking a different movie. Living Daylights. Yeah, Living yeah. Daylights where they use the, the cello case for... Right, sliding you know, down the mountain. Yeah. yeah, like things like that where, you know, you can find art, uh, things in the uh, in the environment Just like to Hitman. do that. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. pick up no, a banana and they, throw it at somebody. Right, yeah. right. I think that would be kind of cool if they could incorporate that kind of flexibility into a chase sequence. If they can could, see... I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to make my prediction right now, right? This is Babe Ruth calling his shot. Okay. If they can manage to make chase sequences interact seamlessly with their open world level designs, they will have absolutely a hit on their hands. Okay. What if they're underwater? <sighs> Here's the thing. Don't make it like Thunderball's fight scene. Right. Which means you need to make your underwater sequence less than six weeks long. Right. Number two, give me a vehicle. Right. If it's If I'm underwater and I'm in a vehicle... I'm definitely way more down with that than me just swimming around and let me guess, you're going to give me a harpoon gun and I'm going to have an oxygen meter and I'm going to move slower than homemade shit. And yeah, no, don't do that. We can already see it coming a mile away. It's not compelling. It's not fun. You're just making the background blue and making the controls terrible. What what if you're what if you're doing some sort of reconnaissance kind of like exploration work as a part of Oh, you want me to have out. a reason to go slow and steady underwater instead of doing something vaguely exciting? Sign me up. No. 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 I mean, but it's like some people would look at that looking through a house, looking at all the individual objects, seeing what they do. I like I like as that. The, well, right. But but it, how is it how is it not how is it worse underwater? Yeah, how is it worse underwater if you're doing the similar tasks underwater? Like you're excavating some sort of uh, wreckage of a plane that went down that Spectre or whatever brought the plane down and you've got to investigate. Sure, but let me ask you this. In this scenario that you've just come up with, right? Right. you're going to be underwater, right? Right. Are you going to have a harpoon gun? 
Are you going to have a harpoon gun? Uh, you're probably going to have a harpoon yeah, gun. Are yeah. you going to have an oxygen meter you have to watch? Probably. Yeah, you're going to have yeah. an oxygen. Right. Are you going to move slower than you would in the levels where Actually, you're not you know underwater? What? No, 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 you're not going to have an oxygen meter because Q's going to make that little thing that you just put in your face and you can just breathe underwater. That was in Thunderball. Where, where it was. The, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it just an oxygen I don't. I don't even think it was an. It was just a little thing. Are you talking about? We're going to go full on James Cameron's abyss, and we're just going to have Bond breathe water through the helmet. Yeah. My point is this sequence that you're imagining. Right. Is there any reason for what do we get from it being underwater? Well, I mean, I think it's part of the. If it's part of the story, it's it's you know no gameplay wise. What do we get from having that be underwater with the presumably slower controls and the cliched harpoon gun and the oxygen meter and the slower reaction time? Just just variety in 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 where places to explore like anything else. So hold on to that thought. Let's put a pin in it. Now, what do you think the rationale for every single underwater level up to this point okay. has been, which okay. you and I have agreed no. universally suck? Okay. The thing is... It's it's and and like I said, I remain optimistic. I took a look at the footage for uh, Subnautica, uh, mm-hmm. what you were saying, yeah, and it doesn't seem like my cup of tea. I thought, Fair. Um, is someone told me that it was developed as a VR game? Oh, really? Does that does that make any that tracks? Yeah, that tracks. does it tracks? Yeah. Uh, does it tracks? Does it track? Um, so yeah, I mean. It didn't look like my thing. It looked a little bit like you were collecting stuff and then fighting a boss monster. In it's three a crafting survival and, game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it you know it didn't really appeal to me because there wasn't any like what's the difference between exploring a wreckage and exploring an underwater cave or a system of caves? Mm-hmm. It's it to me it's about the it does it fit into the mission so much? It, it's not. I don't look at it and go, oh shit, a water level. If it's something that fits into the story and I'm doing things that kind of fit into what the story is telling me, mm-hmm. it fits into the narrative, which I think, and you I, know, I think of James Bond movies and I think of auto, underwater sequences. It's not always the best. I agree with that, but I'm saying is we can, we can make it so it's not the torturous underwater level that comes packed with a bunch of cliches and all that. Right, Let's right, have right. the underwater level be you controlling a remote vehicle underwater, right? right? And give you a new tool set to play with yeah. and some new oh, capabilities yeah. and make yeah. it interesting and fun instead of this is all the same stuff I have to do on land, but I have to do it slower and with a harpoon gun. Right, right. I hate harpoon guns in games, by the way. Really? They're just, what, what about in real life? They're Oh, they're, they're boss in real life. Right. I've got six or seven of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have six or seven harpoon no? guns. No? No. How many blow guns do you have? Uh, I've got a recorder from the third grade that has like the end chewed off. Oh, okay. So, so it's I mean, kind of it like could a, blow be a makeshift blowgun. Yeah. Although I guess you've got a one in eight chance of the dart going straight up instead of out the other end. So yeah. I mean, I'm maybe not the best idea. Oh, actually, you've got depending on what you're playing on the recorder when you blow through the blowpipe, you could theoretically shoot yourself in the dart in the fingers with a dart. So yeah. not the best idea. Anyway, what I'm saying <laughs> is, if you're gonna do an underwater bond level, make it different. Don't right. make it the same shit you do on land, but right. slower and clunkier. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Anyway, but yes, we can agree on that. For, we can absolutely agree on that. And the chase thing, we yeah. are we are down to clown with chasing. Next thing is mm-hmm. gadgets? Question mark. Are you in favor of gadgets or question marks? Yes, we need more punctuation in James Bond games. <laughs> we need semicolons. <laughs> we need tildes. It's got to be Project 007 colon. We need, yeah, we need to apostrophize everything. The uh, Lud, is, that, is that a word? The Ludmilla Syndicate colon yeah. origins. Yeah. I think there's a balance there. When you when you talked about the the skills or the tool set, mm-hmm. if it fits into the tool set and it's not super zany kind of thing Mm -hmm. but there should be sort of a reward where you get to use the super zany thing Mm -hmm. in some interesting creative way at the end it's like you got to figure out how to use the super zany weird almost points for macgyvering your way out of a situation using your tools yeah Yeah. like you've got some sort of like 
thermal like wire thing that you got to use in some sort of creative way but you can only use it in a couple or maybe yeah exactly instead of using your thermal wire to blow open a door right right maybe you wrap it around an ice sculpture and melt the ice sculpture to create a puddle of water that gets somebody with a key card to slip on it right yeah but i mean those 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 types of interesting interactive if you're listening i am in the market for work so (laughs) just drop me a note all right thank you chris Okay, so gadgets. Um, now here, here, my next item is definitely a must, and I can't imagine them missing the mark on this. Okay, diverse locations all over the world. One hundred percent. I mean, 100%. that you gotta, you gotta, and they've got to be. You know, they got to make sense in the whole movement thing, the airplane going on the map from place to place. But I mean, just kind of, you know, it's. I think one of the one of the really interesting things I read in an interview from uh, one of Hitman's designers mm-hmm. is their their approach to level design and how it evolved, right? And how they didn't necessarily they they thought of it as a big sandboxy level, but they really wanted each parts of that sandbox to have its own feel. Mm-hmm. So there were levels where, yo, you're traipsing around this, you know. South American jungle, um, and it's a very tiny kind of dirt road village. But then another part of that same level is an underground submarine base, right. um, and so it feels like you're getting more than one level inside a level. Mm-hmm. And so I hope they take that approach. Oh to, gosh, they have to, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. To what you're saying, um, that that kind of leads to my next item, which is no space exclamation point. <sighs> I mean. It's right up there with no underwater for me. Well, and that's the thing too. Maybe in later iterations of this James Bond game, if they're successful, I mean, I think about space levels like you think about water levels, which is <laughs> if you put it in there just because it's a, it's just a diverse, it's just like something different, right? Um, the physics are never right. right. It doesn't feel like, at least with the underwater. You're, you're, you know, you say that it's slow and shitty. Well, that's kind of what being under. But at least it has an up and a down. Right, right. And of course, no one can hear you scream. Also true. And I do a lot of screaming when I play. Here's the thing I think a lot of it boils down to what their overall tone is for the game, right? Mm -hmm. If they're going to be sort of the more recent, more grounded, down to earth type of Bond game, Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to worry about a space level. Right. Uh, if they're going to go, you know, late seventies Moonraker uh, type Bond, then yeah, he he may get in a space shuttle. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see them doing that though. Yeah, I really don't. Oh, you know, what? I just had a horrible thought. Okay, they try and do a retrospective, like go all retro and and kind of do like James Bond in different time frames. I don't want to see that. James, hang on, hang on. Like like different eras, right? Like you got your seventies kind of oh i see what you're doing well i was thinking no i get that although i wouldn't be opposed to perhaps as dlc or something like that hey we crafted a dlc level based off this specific movie oh yeah yeah. sequence or scene you know oh yeah but didn't ea make uh they made a game from russia with love which which then they brought back connery to do the voiceover yeah yeah yeah. i like that that was that was the only part that I was impressed by. It was just the Connery. I mean, it was a standard third person. It was Siphon Filter, right? Basically. Right. Um, by the way, R.I.P. Siphon Filter. Right. Much love. Mm. So anyway, you got to siphon your filters every damn day. Really? Yeah. It's yeah. right up there with mulching. Mulch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do I think of? Uh, what are those things called? Funnels. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, how did, how did the word funnels escape your vocabulary? I have for no that idea. Brief, but like, okay, so here's my next list item: original theme song for the game. D- for the game mm-hmm. Its own opening sequence. Totally. Do agreed. it up all like an actual totally like agreed. James Bond movie, like it's its own movie, right? Yep. And have um, a unique artist, specially hire someone. Um, I've got some like uh, I don't know. There's. Um, like a high higher quality artist. You don't have to go super high quality. There's a there's an artist that I like from New Zealand named Benny. She's got a very interesting and creative and fun approach to music. And I think getting someone who likes to experiment would be the perfect choice for a James Bond thing. I don't know if you want to have like a contest where people 
kind of call or you kind of call in. <laughs> um, they, they go, Caller, would you like to be the sound of our multi-million dollar AAA video game? Yes. Yeah. Yes. First time, long time. Um, yeah. No, you don't. Okay, here we go. The first name popped into my head. Yeah. Jin Wigmore. Oh, who's that? I've never heard. Uh, she is, I believe she's also either Australian or New Zealandish. Uh-huh. Um, she actually, one of her songs was in, believe it or not, a Heineken beer commercial uh-huh. around the same time. I want to say Skyfall came out. That was, that was actually an ad for James Bond. Huh. Uh, but she's got a very, she's, she's, I think she could do it. She's, she's a great artist. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some new up and comer. Yeah. You don't need, you know, Jay-Z or, or the weekend or, or somebody, you know, super famous in pop culture to do it. This is a, this is going to be a big deal. Right. It's going to be a big release. Yeah. People are going to associate it with a big franchise. Right. You are for all intents and purposes going to be the face of that franchise to a significant part part of the population. Right. Wouldn't hurt you to, to throw some cash towards uh towards a theme song. Right. What's next on that list? Here's the last one. And it's kind of, it's going to be controversial. Uh Oh, um, is this is this the Ben Checkness stance on in-game nudity? It's actually extra clothing. Everyone <laughs> needs to wear at least three <laughs> three jackets. Everybody has to bundle up. Yes, because exactly. it's cold out there. Doesn't matter if you're in in the uh, the jungles. Right. Of, you best be rocking the turtleneck. Exactly. And and two pairs of woolies. Yep. Right. Exactly. I've heard the discussion, and I've heard people have very strong opinions about. Um, various genders and ethnicities of Bond characters mm. and how, oh, it's not supposed James Bond can't be, you know, it's like, well, it's not really James Bond. They call it 007, mm. right? It's double O. Double O seven can be anyone. It doesn't have to I be agree. James Bond. I agree. So as such, I think that you should be able to create your own Bond, your own Bond gender your own bond whatever you want that bond the way you want that is an amazing idea and i i hope you're listening to this because i hadn't even considered that and i think that is a great idea for this game do we need to hear james bond speak i mean you part of the character is delivering stupid one-liners yeah you know what oh I mean? do you want those in the game oh i gotta have those one-liners man oh you're telling me I can't improvise my way into killing somebody with an icicle and not say ice to meet you? Yeah. Freeze. Freeze. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. He got cold feet. <clears throat> you get ranked based on oh, which which, on, on which, which, bon uh, mode which you deliver. <laughs> you deliver. <laughs> you burnt. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The the James Bond you burnt score. Like, Every time you deliver the one liner. Right. Yeah. No, I no, I think it should be voiced. I think you've got to have him as an active here's the thing. And this is probably a whole nother episode on voiceless protagonists right. versus voiced protagonists. But because he is such a character, I mean, it's not called the 007 franchise. It's called the James Bond franchise. Whoever your incarnation of your particular Bond might be. Right. I think you definitely go voiced. I think there's too many... I think it's too big of an opportunity to have a, a witty, dynamic script mm-hmm. for the game to not have the protagonist voice some lines. Does that mean you might have to hire three or four or five different oh, yeah, voice yeah. actors yeah, to, yeah. to read the same lines in a different sort of mood or tone? Sure. But you know, if Bioware can do it with Baldur's gate 20 years ago <laughs> right. for, for way less of a budget, you can spring for some decent voice acting for your James Bond game. Yeah. What do you think about romance? You, you bring up your I'm in favor. Are you? Oh, you mean in the game? In the, <laughs> damn it! Yeah, yeah. Focus yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm single. <laughs> anyway, so okay. Um, what I was gonna say romance was, in the game. Yeah, romance in the game. Only if it leads. I mean, it's like. I mean, I think I think your games, your Bioware games specifically, kind of bridge that gap in an interesting kind of way and it's like you learn about characters by rom- by being you know by being romantic with them you learn you learn things about garris by you know in what is it two or three when you could romance garris two and three yeah, yeah. um you learn things about him that you wouldn't learn by normal interaction so there is some like what he looks like with his pants off i don't think that 
they showed that, did they? No, but I'm, you're talking about things you learn through romance. Oh, we're talking, that's not romance, that's sex. Oh, right. It's about, huh. yeah. Love Gun isn't about love. <laughs> it's about your, yeah. Anyway. Oh, so, there's a deep cut. Yeah, deep cut. Um, Yes, but here's the thing. I don't think a Bond game needs romance. I think it needs flirting. I don't think it needs to have a romantic subplot necessarily. Right. Because um, when I think of a successful double agent, right, there is some interaction and some information gathering that requires you to lie be, and be, use people, be charming and, and do all these things that may sure. lead to romance, but it doesn't have to always end up in the bedroom. Absolutely. And I think they would do the game would do itself a disservice if it forced this stuff. And it becomes there. a distraction. Right. Right. It, 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 you don't need that stuff to tell a good Bond story. Right. I mean, it has never been essential to the plot of a good Bond story. Right. With the exception of the one time he got married and what did they do? They killed her at the end of the movie. So right. really, you know, whether you're romancing a guy or a girl or non-binary or whoever, right. you don't want... I think it's tasteless to put that in the context of I'm using this person to further my gameplay goals. Right. Because I think that's when romance becomes icky and you don't want your protagonist to become an icky person. Correct. Don't be an icky person, game players. Right. Don't yeah. use people. But... Get information out of them. And but, <laughs> yes, feel free to lie and uh, lie to them uh, in order to accomplish your gameplay goals because they're not real people. Yeah, but just do it. Don't do it in But real don't life. do it in an icky way. Yeah. 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 Just be be better. Come on. Come you, on, people. Right, you, yes, you, nodding your head. Be better. So I've got a question for you before yeah. we wrap this up. Um, do you know what Spectre stands for? That's another thing. I used do we to want, know this. Do we I want used to know this? Yeah, that's another question. Do we want Spectre in the game? Um, Is it necessary? And here's the thing. Again, and I know you had the thing earlier. Here's another thing. I love evil organizations. Okay. I I absolutely I love Spectre. I love Chaos. I love uh, what was the one from Inspector Gadget? Uh, Dr. Claw. Dr. Claw. He had a whole thing. Yeah. Chaos was get smart, right? Chaos was get smart. Okay. I love uncle and and the men therein. Um, who was there? Who? who, Smirsh. Yeah. Smirsh. Okay. I was was going to say, yeah, yeah. Smirsh was an actual, that was originally what Ian Fleming. Spectre was was an off brand Smirsh, right? Right. It was a, not specific to a. Not specifically Soviet Smirsh. Correct. It's, it's not specific to any government. It's specific to people who, uh, who are various, you know, people who want world domination. So you've got independent of countries. So you've got two choices, right? The bad guys can either be a country, right? In which case, choose your words carefully. Correct. IO interactive. Right. Um, and you're, I'd say, I'd say Canada. Uh, well, those maple leaves. We'll never man. see it coming. We'll never see it coming. Never. Tim Hortons. They're all safe houses. Oh. Um, <laughs> they've all got steel curtains that just lock down. Right. Um, I, I, you, so you can either go nationalist enemy mm-hmm. or independent enemy. Right. Right. And I think the safer and the more quote unquote fun way to go is with an independent enemy. Okay. And so when I think about an independent enemy. What's more believable? Some guy who's managed to pay, say, 600 mercenaries to dress the same and run after you blindly and get shot? Or a multinational evil organization with corporate ties and fingers in a, in a host of pies? Right. Um, I, I do. I mean, spy-wise, I love international evil organizations. Yeah. They, just, they just do it for me, man. I, I also want to see uh, I want to see an evil evil person press a button and have someone's chair. Yes. Yeah. Or electrocute someone. Yes. I um, want to see I want to see steepling of fingers. Yeah. I want to see. Thought- what, about, what about cat petting? Cat petting is okay. What about a marmot? Uh, <laughs> wow. Actually, you know, what would be really evil is for to see somebody, you know, drop the cat off at the Humane Society and immediately go out and buy a marmot from a marmot mill. Oh, boy. Right? That's yeah. how you know it's a bad guy. Yeah. 
or maybe yeah. I don't know. I I think if you I think in a Bond game you need to have a main antagonist that's got a huge personality, right? That's almost as big a part of the story as I the think, hero. I think that's going to be the key. And let's, let's, I don't think you can do that by placing it in a, in a context of oh, this whole game I'm going to be fighting Russian, right? The Russian military, right? Let's right? let's let's come up with a and I think the villains, which is what James Bond does very well, which is give the villains. From you know uh, uh, Largo to 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 Jaws to Odd Job to whatever, mm-hmm. interesting personalities. Even if they're just hitmen for the opposition, right? They've got interesting stories themselves that you want to. I have learn long about. thought, and again, this goes back to their strengths already shown in the Hitman series. I have long thought a way to really kind of goose the Hitman gameplay is to make it player versus player. Oh, wow. And have you versus another hitman with the same tool set and the same ability traversing the map trying to kill each other. Hmm. In Re the Henchman, uh-huh. give me a hitman level where I know somebody's coming for me. Right. And I have to outwit them knowing they could do everything plus a little bit of whatever their special, you know, if, if Odd Job has the steel razor hat. That would be or cool. Or whatever. That I would love. And yeah. I've got to accomplish my mission while being stalked. Come on now. Yeah. I'll eat that up all day long. Hitman yeah. 3 had a level very similar to that. Right. The Berlin nightclub, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you had 10 agency operatives. You didn't know who they Which were one, yeah. and what they looked like necessarily, and so they were all looking to pick you off. Right. So. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty – yeah, I remember that level. That was um, annoying. <laughs> so anyway <laughs> – because I just I tried to like do things like shoot through walls and stuff. And I Why think would was, you try and shoot through a wall? Because I was playing. Uh, I played uh, um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and I could do that in there, and that was so much fun. <laughs> just shooting through walls. Wow, you just think like, you didn't you go just, straight to Mario Golf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> F you, Luigi. Yeah. Bam. Dead. That's. Yeah, Okay. Anyway, so, we so we probably need to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, let's let's wrap this up. Closing uh, thoughts. Yeah, my closing thought on IO Interactive, I'm cautiously uh, cautiously optimistic that they're going to do a great job based on the the rest of their um the rest of their their stuff. Even didn't they do Kane and Lynch? Even even <sighs> Okay, we don't we don't use You the, can edit that part of the podcast out, right? Can we? That's, I don't know, man. Boy, I hope we can. You didn't like Kane and Lynch? No. What was what was your problem with it? I didn't like any of the people in that game. Okay. So it was kind of like you didn't identify with them or they're just ridiculously horrible. People? No, they were just terrible people. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. It's the same reason I didn't like GTA 5. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. It, it, it's it's about the narrative, right? It's right. about it's about identifying with these characters. Right. But I think um the the, the main thing is I want to be my own bond, I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to create my own bond the way I want to create it, and then live that life as James Bond. I think it's a great idea, and and you that doesn't have to detract from any of the game mechanics or anything. It's just mm-hmm. an extra little thing that mm-hmm. you can put in there to like go yes. You and know. you know what I would love to see in in sort of in accordance with that is one of the, one of the bigger disbelief suspension mechanisms that you have to acquire in hitman is the fact that as soon as you put on the clothes of somebody else everybody assumes you're that somebody else, <laughs> right like except I, except maybe one or two guys and everybody's just yeah. like already so, made this agreement like, listen oh, we're not going to mention the barcode all right like, just like so is that you're clark kent every <laughs> you're that's <laughs> so what I would love to see, in addition to the create your own bond thing, is for some disguises to be more or less effective based on the kind of bond you create. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. if you create, let's say, a, a, a Native American James Bond, right? Right. Um, and you have to go to, let's say, a Native American reservation or a casino or something like that, right? Right. Um, you might be able to blend in better with the Native American population. That so, yeah, that right? would be. And some of the some of the uniforms and positions and jobs that those folks have work better on you. Right. Whereas if you stroll in as Mister Pasty Pale White Barcode Face, right, and try to pass yourself off as a Native American, you are going to get some looks. Right. Right. 
And, and I think that's a, that's a and that's a that would be a really difficult. Type it's a rope. minefield. It's a yeah, huge. Minefield. It's a huge minefield because people will go, oh well, these are not the jobs that you know. But that but may I mean, have been a poor example, but I, I guess I'm thinking most of like the hitman levels that were set in India, right? Where suddenly, because I put on a traditional Indian, you know, garb. Right. Suddenly, everybody just buys the fact that I've been working in this laundry for forever. Right. You know. Right. So. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe you don't touch that with a ten foot pole. I don't know. It's going to be a fine balance, but that's. You may need an eleven foot pole. Yeah. Spring for the extra foot, Io. Two by four, two by five, whatever right. it takes. Whatever it takes. Yep. But yes, I share. I I am not even cautiously optimistic. I am full bore optimism. Oh, I think wow. they're. I think they're going to nail this. So like pre order if it comes out tomorrow. I don't. You're... I don't pre order games, but if you if you were if I was a pre ordering man. Yeah. I would absolutely plunk my money down. I have a lot of faith in them. I think this is right in their wheelhouse. It's perfect, yeah. For it, I, I don't think you could have come up with a better company to, Correct. to hand the keys Correct. of, of, the, of the, the Ferrari to. That's right, whatever. of the Aston Martin. Of the DeLorean. Right, he no, drives an Aston Martin. That's, yeah, a, I know, but I was just going to say, like, what's the worst thing? You could pass the keys. Hand the keys to the Kia to them. Yes, to the, to the Yugo. To the fiat fiat and that's our episode and that's our episode <laughs> on spy <laughs> and uh i hope you enjoyed it my name was ben my name was ben it's, it's still ben it's, it's now steve it's now steve no my name is ben uh his name is ben and thank you for joining us all right are we